Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and back with me here is my co-host Drew Silva. Drew, it feels like a lifetime ago that we did our last show last week. Uh, It was last Wednesday and if you remember, just hours before Rob Manfred announced the cancellation of more games and we were all feeling a bit down. However, if you recall, I gave 80% about the likelihood about a deal getting done before our next show, meaning today. Uh, so my optimism actually paid off. That was like a my best prediction yet, I think. Yeah, I was at 75%. So I yeah. guess you win the big prize. Whatever that, which is just a barrage of signings and trades. Yeah, man. It's been a, a crazy week, but I think not to toot our own horns, but the NBC Sports Edge ethos with our focus on player news and instant reaction to transactions and and all sorts of injuries. I I think we're like perfectly designed to handle this kind of abrupt chaos. I don't really ever want to do it again. (laughs) It's been like a a week of the trade deadline experience. It's a grind, but uh, man, we are we are back in the fire with this. And, and when was the last time you and I were able to do like a headlines news combing type of show? Like definitely no time since the lockout, which was December 1st, 2022. So last year. Um, yeah. And now we are maybe right before the lockout. Yeah, maybe? there was that there was that period of, of chaos. You're right. Right prior to it. Otherwise, yeah. it would probably be the trade deadline and uh, end of July. Yep, and now we're just overwhelmed with major stories to run through, even with Chris and Colin handling most of the weekend and early week stuff on Monday's episode. Right. So, yeah, I mean, let's get rolling. It's it's St. Patrick's Day tomorrow on Thursday, March 17th, and I right. live in the old Irish area of St. Louis called Dogtown. There's a huge parade, uh, and they haven't done it in two years. So I look out my window, there's just lines of, porta potties and dumpsters and all the bars around here are, are ready to rock the parade starts at 11 a.m i've got to get these corned beefs cooking overnight oh i'm gonna do the same thing yeah yeah i, lo- I love corned beef i mean Me too. it's kind of an only one time eh, a couple times a year i think it's great um, yeah so and it's versatile you could you could have it for breakfast the next day like it's corned beef it's, hash it's good stuff oh it's good stuff put some I'm, potatoes I'm in there excited. to like yeah. soak up all the seasonings 
Oh, I'm I'm already thinking of. I literally have my slow cooker. I'm gonna do slow cooker. Same. I literally have my slow cooker recipe in my browser right now. Um, I was <laughs> looking at it before we started here. So <laughs> it's in my phone. It's I can pull it up. <laughs> but before we get started here, uh, a quick word for our listeners: the 2022 NBC Sports Edge Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is available now. And we're giving our listeners a special offer. Get 22% off our draft guide and an annual Edge Plus subscription when you use promo code BASES22. We get you ready for your fantasy draft with expert insight and tools at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. And again, use that promo code BASES22 at checkout to save big this season. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I'm going to start with the most recent big thing that happened today, um, this being Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, March 16th. So Chris Bryant... It didn't really seem like there was a clear fit for him out there. I thought the Giants would have made sense at one point, but it was pretty clear prior to the lockout that that wasn't going to happen. I thought I saw something briefly that like the Cubs might have been back in it, but that that didn't last very long. The Phillies were mentioned as a possibility, but Kyle Schwarber actually, which we'll get to later, signed with the Phillies. So there were some rumblings, even prior to the lockout, that the Rockies wanted to add a big bat. And the shock of all shocks Wednesday afternoon, the, the Rockies actually did it. They signed Chris Bryant, seven years, $182 million. So I think this is cool. Yeah. I think it's cool that Chris Bryant's getting paid, uh, especially because he got uh, messed around with at the start of his career. So mm-hmm. to get that bank, that's great. The Rockies are kind of trying they re-signed CJ Crone, which was a good good move. Yeah. Um, they didn't keep Trevor Story. I mean, he's still a free agent, but uh, most likely he's not staying. Uh, they didn't keep John Gray, which was weird. Remember, they kept both of those guys at the trade deadline. They traded Nolan Arenado last offseason and actually paid the Cardinals $51 million to take him. Thank you. So, yeah. So, while I think it's cool because – you know, we're, we're going to talk about later the A's and the Reds, you know, just trading pieces. The Rockies are signing a dude, an impact player. That's cool. 
But their strategy, I, I just don't understand what the Rockies are doing. This was a pro-labor podcast throughout the <laughs> collective bargaining negotiations, which, you know, the, the lockout lasted, what, 99 days? And so we can't all of a sudden flip and be like, what are the Rockies doing paying that guy, what was it, 185? 180, $182. $182 million. But yeah, good on Chris Bryan. I wouldn't have guessed that he was going to be a nearly $200 million player, um, even as recently as 2000, you know, the end of the 2019 season. Um, I I thought he was kind of headed in a a bad direction and and that the Cubs really put him in a bad spot by delaying his, you know, path to free agency. But yeah, good on him. We've seen a lot of Rockies that are there long term get disgruntled in the end. Yeah. I think Denver is a great place to live. Coors Field is beautiful. The whole city is beautiful. I mean, a ton of people are moving there. When I was like finishing up college, a lot of my friends moved to like Chicago or Nashville or Austin or Denver. Like those are the the trendy cities. But yeah, I, I don't really get the Rocky strategy. If if you're gonna essentially give away Nolan Arenado, you're I. I I think you're headed towards a rebuild and clearly they feel like they can kind of do a rolling rebuild. Is Chris Bryant the kind of player that you would trust to like usher in the next wave of of success? He's 30 years old. Um, I'm sure he's going to mash at Coors Field because a a guy that that's that, that is that talented of a hitter will probably do really well in those uh, home dimensions, the surface area that we talk about. But He's got some durability issues. Um, I, I'm not sure. Again, this is a pro labor podcast, but I'm not sure he's he's the guy that I would be looking to build around. And I don't understand what the Rockies are doing. I mean, it's the, they've they've shed so many front office executives and scouting directors that may, they might not even really know what they're doing, or this is like some kind of new strategy. Um, it's it's just a weird weird deal. Yeah, it's kind of an evergreen comment. Uh, We don't know what the Rockies are doing. But uh, speaking strictly from a fantasy perspective, I believe I had Chris Bryant number 11 when we did our third base rankings earlier this month. But I'm willing to move him way up. Yeah, third base is not. Yeah, it's not especially deep. Um, I'm even, I'm not even like, I'll actually just say it. I'll put him ahead of Nolan Arenado. Yep. So I think on my rankings now, that would be number six at third base. You had Bregman fifth, if I remember correctly, yeah. right? So right, yeah, right Would behind, you put him um, above Bregman, Bradley, Bregman too, maybe? I don't know. I Because I, I wonder if Bryant, like, you know, will suffer like a lot of Rockies hitters do when on they the go road. on the road, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I want to move him up pretty high, but I, I actually believe Bregman's going to have a nice – bounce back this year so i had bryant nine and i think i was a little high on him edalberto mondesi eight who's actually now going to go back to shortstop for the royals did you see that little mini news today yeah, yeah. um rendon seven bregman six arenado five austin riley four i think i might slot bryant right in behind riley is that almost mm-hmm. too dramatic of no i think climb? it's perfectly reasonable i really do yeah. i think he's gonna I mean, if assuming you can stay healthy, which is always the caveat, um, I think he's going to have a, some monster numbers there um, with the Rockies. So that's that's great. And if you did an early draft, you, you got a really nice value there. So there's that. 
Um, so there's a lot to get to, yeah. uh, and we are going to try to move as quick as we can um, because these trades are coming fast and furious free agent signings. The A's obviously have been super active, uh, traded Matt Olson to the Braves, uh, traded Chris Bassett to the Mets. I believe Colin and Chris already talked about those moves. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to the big one that came down Wednesday morning uh, with the Blue Jays acquiring Matt Chapman uh, from the A's and uh, for a package of prospects, four prospects, uh, Gunnar Hoglund, who was the first round pick last year, uh, infield prospect Kevin Smith, who saw some brief time with the Blue Jays this past season, uh, left-handed starter Zach Logue, and left-handed reliever Kirby Sneed. Um, so, yeah, Hoglund I, is the is the big one here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say sort of the, the front-line guy. Um, he was the number one overall pick. Uh, this past uh, or last season. 19th overall pick. Yeah, 19th overall. Yeah. That's right. And he fell because he had Tommy John in May, right? Right. But there's huge, huge upside. I mean, he was considered a, t- a potential top 10 uh, pick t- prior to that. But uh, so he's the centerpiece. I think Kevin Smith has a chance to probably be on the opening day roster, maybe play a lot of third base there. He's had some interesting numbers in yeah, the minors. So power and speed. Yeah. He's someone to watch. But Chapman. One of the best defensive third basemen in baseball has been for several years. Last year was kind of a weird year for Matt Chapman. Coming off hip surgery, seemed to be a little bit slowed at third base, wasn't his usual self, um, and hit just 210. Um, still hit 27 homers, but not quite as his usual self. Um, his plate discipline has suffered in recent years. I'm not really sure which Chapman we're going to see at this point. I'm willing to give him a little bit of a mulligan based off of, you know, first year back from hip surgery. I'm willing to buy into that narrative that, you know, another year removed an off season of rest and strength training and all that uh, maybe can come back a little bit better. The change in ballpark, I think certainly plays in his favor. Um, And that blue Jays lineup is super fun. So, I, I mean, I love it for the Blue Jays. Um, they are, have one of the most fun rosters from top to bottom in baseball at this point. And, you know, the Blue Jays are not messing around. I, I think at this point, if I had to guess, I'd say maybe the Blue Jays are AL favorites. Not just AL East, but AL mm-hmm. favorites. Yeah. Was it last week? It's been so long where I, I noted that the Blue Jays were plus 200 to win the AL East. I haven't checked on mm-hmm. the odds, but I did put some action down on that. Nice. Feel real good, good about it now. Chapman, yeah. I think I think it all relates to that hip injury in late 2020, the offensive decline. You look at – I mean, he did not really – you say he his plate discipline has suffered. He struck out a ton last year, but yeah. a lot of it was like inside the strike zone hmm. pitches. Like he, he, he was 82nd percentile on chase rate, 91 percentile on walk percentage. I think he just doesn't have the – he didn't have the torque that he needed. Like, as a hitter, your hips are super important. Um, So I I think he'll bounce back. He still hit a bunch of homers. When he made contact, it it went a long way. I think the Blue Jays got a a superstar here. He was one of the top ten overall players in baseball, maybe top five, you could even say, just a few years ago, factoring – you know, his defense, a two-time Platinum Glove award winner, and deservingly so – um, sometimes, you know, players will get that award just because of a name, but he's he's a, a great, great 
defensive player and moving to Toronto, um, hitter friendly environments. I think it's, it's such a good signing. The, the guy is just a, a gamer. And I know that's like cliche to say, but he's, he's like all about baseball. You can tell by the way he like dresses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he does look like a gamer. Yeah. The, the uniform, the uniform definitely suits him there. And what's interesting about Chapman and Bryant, you know, we talked about third base, like being this weak position, but these are now two players. I think you move up a little bit on, on your board. So that's that's nice for the health of third base. Um, a. Eugenio Suarez got traded earlier this week too, which I think Colin and Chris talked about the Jesse yeah. Minko trade. Do you move Suarez up a little bit based on that trade? I think he goes down. Yeah, he, no. obviously he's leaving Cincinnati. Um, so that might suffer a little bit, but you weren't counting on him as like a top twelve third baseman anyway. I had him sixteenth, um, and I had Chapman seventeenth. I would flip flop those two yeah. easily, um, yeah. and I I might move Chapman above Cabrian Hayes, who I had at fourteen. I think you had a lot higher, but uh, yeah, Suarez I'm worried about because that was such an obvious cash dump yeah. um, for the Mariners to get Jesse Winker. I, I think if Suarez gets off to a bad start if it's a lot of the same as last year and he doesn't have great american ballpark to keep the home run total you know useful yeah. they they might just be like all right you know abraham toro's playing third we're yeah. kind of you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make suarez a bench batter cycle him in at dh and you know he's gonna platoon or something so right. i'm i'm almost like completely out on suarez right now I agree. as a legit like starting third baseman or even corner infield spot guy uh, did you see his hair, by the way? Yeah, it was like Corella Deville. Yes, it was uh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> did you see that that Disney? I know we don't need to go off track. Um, no, it's okay because we have Let's a lot. It. Did you see Disney's Cruella? I did not watch it. It's good, dude. Really? Yeah. I think my my kids would be afraid of it. I think it's, isn't it? It's not quite for little kids. No, it's definitely more adult, and it's it's sort of trippy. Hmm. Um, with like really uh, I, I read up about it after I watched it. Cause I was like, how have I, kn- how did no one tell me how good this is? Oh, um, I'll definitely check it's it. It's got some cool indie music going on in it. I, I think you'd actually really like it. Huh? I'll check it out. Recommendation. Not with the kids. My, my kids are very sensitive about new things being thrown at them. Like something about kids, like they like watching the same stuff over and over again. And if you add something new into the mix, they're like, well, uh, no, wait a minute. I think that's all, all little kids. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, there are some scary parts dealing with, you know, cruelty to animals and stuff. So, yeah, but I'll definitely watch it. I'd heard about it that it was actually good, but um, thank you, Eugenio Suarez, for that sidebar. (laughs) So, moving along, uh, Seiya Suzuki, who was prior to the lockout, if you remember, his, his posting period began prior to the lockout, I think it was in November, like November 22nd, I think was the date. Then the lockout interrupted that posting time um, where teams could make offers. Um, And so now that the lockout was lifted, that I guess it's a 30 day window resumed itself. And we learned, and this was another surprising fit. We talked about Brian earlier, but here's another surprising fit. The Cubs five years, 85 million. That kind of came out of left field because I think earlier this week we heard the Padres, uh, which was like a false report, uh, which made sense as a potential fit. Uh, But the Cubs, a team who's unloaded pretty much everyone, 
and don't appear to be a contending team. I know they signed Marcus Stroman, but don't appear to be a contending team this year, maybe even next year, uh, to bring Suzuki, Suzuki in. A kind of interesting move, but um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Suzuki can do. There are some like U.S.-based... We never know with, I think, a lot of these Asian players because the baseball is different and the competition is different. The pitching is different. There's just a lot... There's a lot going on off the field um, that's that's different that takes adjustments. Um, so I don't yeah. I don't know, but a lot of the U.S. base like Steamer, um, the Bat X, they they all really like Seiya Suzuki yeah. to translate those numbers that he put up in Japan in some form to the major league. So yeah, I, I think he's going to be a legit fantasy relevant outfielder. I mean, hit, hit 317 with a 433 OB, OBP, 639 slug with 38 home runs in 134 games last summer for the Hiroshima Carp. He's got a little bit of speed too. Yeah. I agree it's a weird fit. Like when when are the Cubs going to be good again? And it's I mean they, they have prospects but a lot of them are far away. Yeah. Um so I'm surprised by it too. Like there's no salary floor. Maybe teams didn't get the memo that the CBA did not include a salary floor. And you don't have to try. But again, hey, it's nice to see some teams try. I, I don't know enough about Suzuki. I mean, I've only seen highlights, and he looks awesome in highlights. Yeah. And and I know that projection services that you know weren't as high on Hassan Kim, who was, I believe, Korean, so they're different nationalities, but aren't as high or weren't as high on on Hassan Kim, but they're really high on. Yeah. Suzuki. So, so this is the largest deal ever for a Japanese position player. Yep. I mean, it's been a while. Tanaka's is, is the largest ever for any Japanese player, right? Yeah. Um, but it's been a while since there's been a major, I mean, Otani is, you know, a unicorn, but it's been a while since there's been a major position player from Japan, you know, make it, make his way over here. Um, but he is, you know, basically a five tool type of player. And now that we know he's here, like he was already going, you know, middle rounds, I'd say in drafts, but I think the hype is going to start to build. You know, we see him live in games doing some stuff. I think he's going to move up on draft boards. He should. Um, I don't love the Cubs lineup, but I think it's a good situation. He's someone I'd be willing to take a chance on. Do they extend Wilson Contreras now? Um the Marcus Stroman signing was weird too. That's a yeah. short-term deal. Yeah. I don't I don't maybe they have a little Rockies in them where they don't know which direction they're going. But hey, if their projection said, "Hey, this guy's going to be a stud." Sign him and if it if if you're if if he becomes what you think he's going to be, you could trade him. Yeah, he's 27 years old, so yeah. you know, theoretically he could still be in his prime years, you know, when the Cubs are on the rise again. It's possible. Um, but they had kind of this marquee attraction, I think, to get people out to the ballpark. There's going to be a fascination about him. Um, and I hope it works out. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So maybe um, Ricketts heard some of the chatter, uh, cause the, the official report came out today that they're trying to buy Chelsea. Um, okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that coincided. <laughs> that could be speaking of Cubs, uh, ex cub Kyle Schwarber, he signed with the Phillies. Wednesday morning, it came out four years, 79 million. Um, we know how much Bryce Harper really wanted another power bat in that lineup. Schwarber definitely fits that description. Uh, hit 32 homers with a 928 OPS in 113 games 
Uh, last season, 32 homers. He had this incredible power surge in the middle of the season where I think he hit like 10 home runs against the Mets. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. It might actually have been 10. Uh, 374 on base percentage last year. Only 12 players had a higher on base percentage. He was just one of eight players last season to have 30 homers and a 370 plus on base percentage. So love that fit there. Is he going to hit leadoff? Maybe. Yep. Maybe uh, Joe Girardi's a little really fun. Yeah. Joe Girardi's the kind of guy that likes a speedster at the top maybe. Um, yeah. But he, they don't really have options for leadoff at, at, as the depth chart stands right now. I, I think he does get turns at leadoff and I, I man, can he hit 45 touching 50 so. home runs cycling so. between left field and DH? I mean, that defense outfield defense is kind of terrible. Terrible. But, I mean, infield isn't great either. I mean, no, they, their team, it, it, what's funny about the Phillies. It's like the past couple of off seasons, like, we knew exactly what they needed. They knew exactly what they needed. Like every offseason is like, we got to fix the bullpen. We got to upgrade the defense. And somehow they don't, they don't do it. Um, and this offseason, even their bullpen approach has been kind of weird to me. But I, from fantasy, you know, from a fantasy perspective, this is great. I'm really excited about what Shorebrook can do. I don't know what they're going to do with this roster because in my mind, Alec Bohm should not be on the field. Like he should be the DH. Are you putting Schwarber in left field? Are you kind of mixing and matching to, you know, based on the handedness of the starting pitcher? Like, I, I don't really know what they're going to do here. I think it's going to be ugly either way. They did re-sign Odebel Herrera uh, to play some center field. Uh, Matt Veerling is there too. I mentioned on Twitter on Wednesday that the Phillies should just trade for Ramon Laureano. Um, I know he's suspended for now, but like they can get by for a month and then that's a fit bring Loriano up. I know like there's some mixed opinions about him defensively, but he has a great arm and he's better than Herrera and Beerling in center field. So yeah. I think that's an obvious move the Phillies should do, but there's, there's several teams who could be a fit for Loriano. DJ, do you want to hear the truth or do you want to see some dingers? That's true. Dingers. That's a, and well, I don't know. Not against the Mets, but <laughs> over the last three years, Citizens Bank Park ranks sixth best for left-handed batting home runs mm. uh, per baseball savant. So I think Schwarber's going to go nuts there. And and that's all we really care about on, on a fantasy baseball podcast. Well, the volume, if he gets the volume at the top of the Phillies lineup, he's going to hit 40 plus homers. Yep. If he can stay on the field, uh, which was a, a problem for him at at times last year. So uh, we'll see. But fantasy-wise, you'll love that. Fantasy-wise, you also like Anthony Rizzo re-signing with the Yankees, uh, returning rather, two years, $32 million. Uh, has an opt-out after 2022. He could potentially uh, opt out there. I mean, I like Rizzo returning to the Yankees. I think that's a solid move. It's a solid move. I think we know Yankees fans, and they're probably freaking out. Yeah. And anything having to do with I was so I was doing news this afternoon on Wednesday afternoon, and it's like, oh, the Yankees are talking to the A's about Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya, and there were like ten comments below the tweet. All they do is talk. <laughs> He's solid. I, I know Yankees fans probably wanted them to go after Freddie Freeman, probably wanted them to trade for Matt Olson. Yeah, but Rizzo should be fine. He's a really good defender at first base. Actually, metrics don't really love him there, but I think they, I think defensive metrics have trouble ranking 
rating first baseman. To me, he passes the eye test at least. And some good left-handed pop. Gets on base. He could bat leadoff. Speaking of LeMayhew, I mean, if Rizzo's going to be taking a lot of the turns at leadoff against right-handed pitching, we need to readjust LeMayhew in our rankings. He was going to be a super utility guy, and yeah. he became an MVP candidate. So um, what I do think is interesting about the Yankees, like you look at Rizzo and Donaldson and Gallo and Judge and Stanton. I mean, Rizzo doesn't strike out a whole lot. Um, Donaldson, his K rate's been going up a little bit, but these guys get on base. The thing is, these games are going to be like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, That's the most three true outcomes baseball team. <laughs> But it's a good team. I mean, you can't tell that to a Yankees fan right now, but yeah. They need I, a catcher though. Yeah. They really do. I I'm Sean Murphy would be perfect. I think if, he tweeted that earlier yeah. today too. That that makes a ton of sense. He's so cost controlled, but who knows? I think the A's would give up anyone at this point. Yeah. So we like it from a fantasy perspective. Rizzo's basically been like a late round guy, so you're getting a bargain there. What, what happens to Luke Voigt, though? I mean, I think he's going to be traded, mm-hmm. but, like, where is even a fit? Like, who needs a first baseman right now? Well, I mean, a, he could plenty DH of teams too. could use a DH, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mind the Cardinals coming back to the Cardinals. Okay. He's a, he's from the area. Um, I think he would be excited. He was I actually listened to a, a local podcast that he was on when he got traded to the Yankees. It was right after his big uh, 2000. 20 season when he led the majors in home runs and he was like so thankful that he got traded away from st louis because you know there's distractions playing at at home in a relatively small city where you're getting hounded by old coaches and friends for stuff but i I, i'm sure he wouldn't mind getting the opportunity to to play to back here and and be somewhat appreciated I, i feel bad for the guy i mean he's had some injuries that's really the only reason yeah that he hasn't established himself as a a starting first baseman beyond what he did in 2020. And he hit the ball really hard last year when he was healthy. So I, I don't think it's a matter of skill. It's just injuries and now opportunity, I guess a lack of faith, you know? Um, so hopefully he gets freed to a place where he can thrive. I think it's going to happen. So, you know, if you, if you drafted Voight, I think you should be patient and keep the faith because I think he's going to end up somewhere and be really good. The Yankees are about, what, $30 million over the first luxury tax threshold right now. Hmm. Um, I think that maybe they're comfortable sitting there but not going up to the, the second tier. Yeah. I haven't broken that all down. And and the payroll is going to look a lot different come opening day. I yeah. guess our arbitration is going to be factored in retroactively to the hmm. luxury yeah, I mean, I, I mean, those cases aren't going to be settled until into the season. Right. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how that works, but we're we can all learning that another day. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the topic of first base, and you know, we talked Yankees and all that. Freddie Freeman, you know, the Braves traded for Matt Olson. So where does Freddie Freeman go? I mean, the Dodgers seem like the most likely spot, uh, especially given that he's, you know, he's from out there. Uh, but the Red Sox have been mentioned. The Rays are still kind of lurking in the background, strangely. Yeah. Uh, I would, I mean, the Rays would be fun and weird, but I don't, I, I would probably put them third on that yeah. list of most likely. Padres, 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 Dodgers, Red Sox, Rays, I think are the, the known contenders left to get Freeman. Um, yeah. 
I think it's going to be Dodgers. It, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, John Heyman had a tweet earlier that um, people around baseball feel like Freeman and his reps may have overplayed their hand a bit and not re-signing with the Braves. I wonder what that final contract offer was before they decided to go get Matt Olson and sign him to a very team-friendly contract extension. Yeah. Um, if if they would have – I mean – it's it's a different case because Olsen had some arbitration years left. So, but if they had offered something similar AAV, twenty two million dollars a year for six years, I, I mean I'm sure Freeman said no to that. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, is he trying to get as much as he can from the Dodgers? And he, that's kind of that's what I'm thinking here is that's where he's going to wind up. And his reps are just kind of feeling bad that maybe they didn't take the big offer from. The Braves and they might actually have to settle for a little bit less even going to the Dodgers but that's me speculating and trying to read between the lines which is not fair I mean it's Freddie Freeman he's amazing he's awesome he's awesome he's he's up there though and you know <laughs> he, is. he is teams don't pay 31 32 year old long-term deals anymore yeah unless you're uh, Chris Bryan apparently and you're the Rockies <laughs> Um, so speaking of the Braves, uh, they've been really busy. Um, they brought back Eddie Rosario, uh, two years, 18 million Braves lineup is going to be really fun, Mm -hmm. um, with or without Freddie Freeman, uh, especially when they get Acuna back, but, you know, bringing Eddie Rosario back into the fold postseason hero, you know, kind of a flawed hitter, not a big on base guy, but it's, you know, always hit for average, makes a lot of contact, has power, even runs a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. You know, late round outfielder for me or mid middle round. It works just fine. Um, I don't have any big opinions on Rosario beyond that unless you do. No, I really don't. That's going to be a bad outfield too until – Yeah, Adam Duvall in center field temporarily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's always made me laugh, but he's he's competent. He is actually competent. He's got a big yeah. arm. Yeah. He's like- um, another trade we saw, Amir Garrett. This was surprising. Uh, traded to the Royals with Mike Miner going the other way. And, you know, we've been criticizing the Reds for not spending, but they actually yeah. are covering, covering eight and a half million of Mike Miner's salary. I wrote that one up. I've thought about, I, I went on a bike ride. I thought, I thought about it and I still don't, I don't still don't get it. I don't know what it is. I guess like they, Maybe they got like the memo, like, hey, you're like trading too many dudes. And like, we just signed this new CBA, like to, you know, combat tanking and whatever. And maybe the commissioner just said, you got to spend some money. Yeah, but they traded Um, a fan favorite for a veteran lefty who's making too much money. Why not just keep Wade Miley? I know. I know. Well, the money that the Royals saved, that eight and a half million, they immediately went out. And they signed Zach Granke. Yes. Brought him back. Best deal of the week. Yeah, that's that's fun. I, I'm a big fan. One year, $13 million for Granke to return the Roy- turn, return to the Royals, rather. Uh, hasn't pitched for the Royals in, I believe, 12 years, 11 years. It's been a while. He won the Cy Young in 09, right? Yep. And, yep. and I think he played 2010 for the Royals, and then he got traded to the Brewers. Yep. I remember working on uh, Hardball Talk the morning that Granky got traded from the Royals to the Brewers. I woke up at like 7 in the morning. On a Saturday the, or something? Yeah, it was a Saturday morning, and I woke up, and that trade happened, and 
Yeah. It, hey, we've been doing this for a long time. Yes, we have. Uh, <laughs> Um, and Granky at this point, he is on the back nine of his career. Um, but you know, he's, he's the veteran arm in this young rotation. There's a, a lot of interesting young arms and he's going to be the veteran here. Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, Jackson Kawar, um, you know, other guys too in there, but Granky can be a, a stable innings eater. He's not the, he's not really dominant. He hasn't been dominant for no. a few years, but it gets ground um, balls, though. It's a pretty good defense. I, I think it's a nice fit, actually, for yeah. the goal of winning games. And I, the Royals could be kind of interesting. You need at least two of those young pitchers to, like, really break out. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm seeing that. I, I Going back to Amir Garrett, though, like, he had a brutal first two months last year and then kind of finished poorly as well. But there's a he misses a ton of bats. And – I could see him being a really nice that that bullpen's pretty interesting. Like it's got a lot of talent, yeah. and the, obviously yeah. the lineup is dynamic if they can all stay healthy, especially Mondesi. It's um, it's a it's fun a, team. Yeah, it's a fun team. It's it's a tough division. I mean, the Twins are really weird, but also interesting. Yeah. The White Sox yeah. are kind of loaded, um, but hey, there's you know six teams from each league make the playoffs now and it wouldn't shock me if the Royals are hovering around 500 at the trade deadline a little bit over 500 and they go make another move I, I applaud them for for this move and I think it's a really cool reunion story baseball is better with Zach Granke yeah no doubt about that I was saying like I, I think a lot of reporters are going to be pushing that like oh it's full circle you're back in KC and I feel like he's Zach Greinke like, just going to sh- shut that down he's going <laughs> to I have no interest in that. I don't like uh, barbecue. <laughs> yeah. um, so right before we started, Jock Peterson signed a one-year $6 million deal with the Giants reportedly. Um, I love that. The Giants know how to mix and match their pieces. Um, so I'm sure Jock is not going to play against left-handed pitching, uh, which has been his weakness. I know the the last season, the Cubs and the uh where did he, he got traded to the Braves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my head is like spinning after everything's happened today. Cubs and the Braves, he, he got some playing time against uh, left-handed pitching for the Cubs, and it didn't really work out very well. I think the Giants will maximize his skill set. They're very good at that. They mix and match guys with the best of them. I think Giants fans are going to love Jock Peterson. They're used to not liking him, but I think that's going to be an awesome fit. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I saw the report that they were interested in Michael Conforto, too. I, yeah. I would have loved that landing spot. Me, too. Me, too. I wonder if Conforto is has really upped his price after seeing what Chris Bryant signed for them. <laughs> He's younger yeah. than Bryant. He kind of had a better stretch between 2017 and 2020 than Bryant in, you know, in some ways. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I mean, at least more consistent. And then you kind of had the injuries and the drop-off last year, but – He's totally a rebound candidate wherever he lands. I like. Yeah, I, at this point, I don't even know. I, I'm like trying to think, like where where does he go? I'm really not sure. I don't think it's going to be on a huge deal unless there's. Uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame his agents for asking for hundred plus million, hundred and twenty five million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would throw out last season for Conforto anyway. Um, yeah. He said he got COVID. Um, right before opening day. And I kind of buy that that sapped him a little bit energy wise. Mm -hmm. And he just never got on track until late in the year. I think the final month, he was pretty much his usual self. 
Uh, but he got hurt in the middle of the season too. Like he just wasn't able to get in a good groove at the plate. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a proven middle of the order bat. He gets on base, good power. Uh, I think he's a good, good bet for a rebound and still pretty young too. So, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, like where's the best fit for Conforto, but wherever he goes, I'm sure he's going to be good. So, uh, I was going to say, yeah, there were like a couple interesting bullpen moves during news shift last night and and into to Wednesday, Colin McHugh to the Braves. Like he was amazing for the Rays last season. That's two years, 10 million. Um, I don't know if I'm kind of waiting for Will Smith to sort of fall apart. He, he maintained throughout the year last year. I was impressed, but you can see a decline and especially his off speed stuff, the effectiveness. He's never been a high velocity guy. Um, Maybe Colin McHugh could be an option at closer there. Tigers and Andrew Chafin. um, He, you know, Gregory Soto is probably their closer, but Chafin's a really nice left-handed setup man and possibly could earn some saves. Or if you're in a holds league, I think that's interesting. I like that the the Tigers are kind of feeling good about themselves to go and and spend some money on the bullpen. They haven't done that in a long time. Um, And then, um, oh, David Robertson to the Cubs. That was on Wednesday afternoon. He, you know, hasn't pitched much over the last three years now, um, but looked pretty sharp down the stretch last season with the Rays and into the playoffs. I think he threw five scoreless appearances in the playoffs for Tampa Bay. I mean, Cody Hewers out for the season, just had Tommy John surgery. Rowan Wick is not that dominant. So maybe Robertson emerges as a closer option for the Cubs just to throw those all those three bullpen dudes out there. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, and I still can't think of where Michael Conforto should sign. I was like just going through my head, like depth charts in my head, and I cannot cannot figure it out. I want to see your reliever rankings. Um, <laughs> no. I told uh, also, also, I told Boyer who Ryan Boyer who compiles our staff rankings. I was like, I was tempted to just send over the, the shrug emoji. <laughs> I know. Once you get per, past like the top 15, 18 names, it's just like I don't no know. idea. <laughs> uh, so a couple of quick injury updates before we wrap up the show here. Uh, Chris Sale, he will miss the start of the season due to a stress stress fracture in his ribcage. So that came out Wednesday morning. Um, no real timetable for his return, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. And Sale was going pretty early in drafts, yeah. um, considering that he didn't pitch much last year coming off Tommy John surgery. He looked good. Um, and he's basically being treated as maybe top 15-ish, top 20 starting pitcher in drafts. I don't know where this drops him now, especially because we don't really know when he's going to be back. But, man, that that hurts for the Red Sox. Yeah, it happened in, in like an off-season uh, training session at Florida Gulf, Gulf Coast University. He said he got on Instagram and uh, videoed a workout, and it was his first time like back on social media in a, in a year or so. And He's like, that's the curse of social media. Don't do <laughs> social media. But yeah, um, Heim Bloom, their uh, what is he, chief baseball officer of the Red Sox, was saying it's going to be weeks before he even picks up a baseball. So mm. well, there's like no timetable there. I mean, it sounds painful to have a stress fracture in your in your rib cage. And mm. as a lefty, you kind of have to lean into that right side of the rib cage. So I I don't even know where I would draft him at this point. Uh, our our, uh, NBC Sports Edge draft is on Monday. Maybe we'll get more news by then on sale. I I doubt it. So I I have no idea where to slot him. So, but there has, you know, 
basically the right-handed Chris Sale, Tanner Hoke, uh, he now seems to have a clear path to rotation spot to begin the season, which is good news. Uh, he's certainly talented enough to hold down a spot. So this at least clears the way for that. We'll see if the Red Sox are somehow connected to the A's for Frankie Montes, Sean Manaya. You never know. That could happen. They, they have a clear rotation need that and bullpen need that they have not really addressed. Yeah. But where would you, if you had to, if you had to handicap the AL East today, for me, I mean, I would say Blue Jays, Rays, and it gets a little murky beyond that. But I might put the Yankees in fourth place if I had to guess today. No, I'm not there with you. Okay. I The top-end talent on the Yankees, if they're all healthy, is is better than the Red Sox. That's fair. Across the board, I think. I mean, most mostly I'm looking at the rotation and the bullpen. Yeah. Um, and I think the offenses, if they're all healthy, are pretty even. Red I would, get, I would give a slight Sale, edge. Of, it would be a little closer. Yeah. But you're probably right. But I, I think I think the Blue Jays are clear, clear favorites to me. me. And there's also rumors that the Rays are shopping Austin Meadows. I mean, never trade with the Rays. It's probably going to be a creative deal that <laughs> wins them another – AL pennant or something, but right. Are they trying to unload some arbitration money to yeah. do something else? Freddie Freeman would be so cool. I they can <laughs> yeah. afford it. Just do it. Yeah, please. I'd love it. Just do it. Um, so Jack Flaherty, sorry to bring him up, underwent an MRI on his shoulder. I know they were saying they were hoping to have some sort of update by the end of the day Wednesday. I don't think we've heard anything yet Dude, this um, mri happened on tuesday morning it's it's concerning that they haven't yeah. addressed it yet i mean I, I think it's a really bad news it's coming down the pike either wednesday night or Mosellock calls a a press conference on on, on thursday morning or something and ruins so, my saint patrick's day yeah i was gonna say and i think you had flaherty pretty high in your rankings i did flaherty of course missed a lot of time last year with an oblique injury but it's interesting what Flaherty said. Like he said, he had a little bit of discomfort since the end of last season uh, in the shoulder, and I guess it's something that they were giving treatment and um, stuff like that during the off season. And then I guess once he resumed throwing, um, it was still there. Um, so we'll see. But I, I man, it doesn't sound good. I mean, shoulder injuries are always scary. I made note of that, even putting Flaherty that high. I was encouraged that he at least came back and threw some abbreviated outings at the end of the year. Yeah. I thought the shoulder wasn't that serious. I thought maybe it had more to do with like the quick buildup after the oblique, which cost him two months. Uh, but clearly, I'm not a doctor and don't listen to me. I'm I'm really worried about yeah. this short-term, long-term. I'm, I'm worried about what the Cardinals' rotation is going to look like. Zach Greinke would have been a, a nice fit for that defense, uh, the yeah. way he generates ground balls. Alex Reyes, too, has yeah. some shoulder issues. He was maybe going to try out for a rotation spot this spring. I, I think probably would have settled back in the bullpen. He led the, the Cardinals in saves last season. So Giovanni Gallegos is far and away the number one option there. Ali Marmol did say on Wednesday afternoon that he's not going to name a closer. Maybe that's going to be a new philosophy for the Cardinals, but even 
a lot of managers that say that like they don't wind up operating like a Kevin cash. They, well, they wind up finding their guy and, and going with him. So, I mean, that remains to be seen, but I, I think Gallegos is probably the only pitcher worth drafting in that bullpen right now. Yeah. Jordan Hicks has been a little slow. Uh, they wanted him to try out for a rotation role, but he's been, you know, he's just had elbow problems for two plus years now. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, the Cardinals are usually stocked up on pitching. They're they're not that this year. And yeah, look at the look at the NL Central right now. You're contending with the Brewers, who have elite pitching but don't have a ton of money uh, to spend on offensive upgrades. Uh, and then the Reds are tearing it down, which is sad. And then the yeah. Pirates could be the you know, maybe the worst team in baseball. Um, the Cubs and, are yeah. kind of treading. Who knows what the Cubs are doing? The Cubs are the Rockies of of the NL Central. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Brewers are the clear favorite in that division at this point, the Cardinals, um, they're always in it. I'm sure there'll be a 500 ish team and then it could, they're just a 19 game winning streak away from. Yeah. Well, they get to play the the pirates and reds and Cubs. So yeah. Oh, did you see the adjusted schedule for the Dodgers? I didn't really get a chance to look at that one. So they finished the season Oh, like six, six against the Rockies at six home? Six against the Rockies at home to finish the season. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> what is that? Do the Cardinals get 10 against the Pirates to begin the year? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, so last thing here, which is certainly last but not least, Fernando Tatis Jr. undergoing wrist surgery. I know there was uh, – when the initial news came out, it was unclear if he was going to opt for surgery, but – uh, it always seemed to be leaning in that direction. And it's funny, not funny. It's kind of sad. And he was asked about injuring the wrist and it happened in a motorcycle accident. Which I believe one? he said, which one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did laugh, but <sighs> that's not good. I, I would think that when you sign a contract that big, there's a clause in there about motorcycles. Wasn't that a thing with what, Jay Williams, the ESPN analyst? Hmm. And I know that the Padres would never attempt to void the contract or something, but dude, do not. I mean, yeah, it's just not smart. Um, to not get on motorcycles. And didn't that happen with? Or no, Madison Bumgarner was like the the the, the dirt bike. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, was it an bike. ATV yeah. or a dirt? Bike? No, I think it was a dirt bike. Yeah, but yeah, just not smart. I, I think he's pledged that he will no longer ride motorcycles. But this injury with Tatis. Expected to miss up to three months, so we're talking about June-ish. Um, maybe he's back quicker. Who knows? But we know, you know, with wrist injuries, wrist surgery, you know, that can impact your power. But even if it does impact it a little bit, like he runs. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be an impact player. I guess just the question is, knowing this timetable now, you know, roughly three months. Like, where do you draft him? I don't know. I don't yeah. have a good answer. I think you're going to have to be aggressive to get him. I, I feel like there's going to be somebody. Top like, 60, 75? I, I think he's probably in that 70. I said on a video I did the other day, I think he's in the 75 to 100 range. Um, because I think at that point in the draft, you're like, I got my elite guys. I could take a chance. Take a chance. A guy. Stash him. And especially if you're like in a shallow league, keep him in an IL spot. You know, whoever yeah. you, whoever else you might lose to the injured list, like the replacement level is pretty high on the waiver wire in like a shallow league. 
So whatever, you know, like fine. If you have to drop someone, maybe you'd usually be uncomfortable with dropping, you know, Tatis comes back in June. You're not going to find a bigger impact guy come up during the season. It's You're just right. not going to happen. You're right. He's a, so, he's a young guy, a fast healer and has played through discomfort ex- exceptionally well. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'll be fascinating to see where he goes. We're, we're doing this draft on, on yeah, Monday, dra- our usual, our annual mock draft uh, broadcast for NBC Sports Edge. It's going to be premiering on our YouTube page next Wednesday. We're taping it on Monday. Uh, we have some fun folks from uh, right here at NBC Sports Edge. Also, some familiar faces from around the industry are going to participate. So it's going to be a blast. I'll be fascinated to see where Tatis goes, Chris Sale, uh, Seiya Suzuki, all these guys. It's going to be really fun uh, to get together and do this. I know a lot still to be decided. You know, Carlos Correa is still out there. Um, we said Conforto. I mean, there's still some names out there. Um, Trevor, Trevor Story. Story yeah. yeah, there's still some big names out there. There's still likely to be some trades we're going to see in the next few days too, uh, which could alter some fantasy rankings. So, and there's probably going to be some more injuries too. Hate to break it to you, but it's it's going to happen. Great Once players start, actually start, yeah, yeah they're going to start. <laughs> we're going to see players go down. Uh, games start Thursday, right? Are yep. there a couple of games Thursday? Yeah, there's yeah. a few games on Thursday. Uh, I don't yep. think many big time players are playing, but. Oh, who who did I see? Was it Verlander's throwing on Friday for the Astros? I'm hmm. I'm looking forward to that. You see Dom Smith hit two homers off Max Scherzer yeah. in the simulated game. Pipe shots. <laughs> and he's never gotten a hit off him in the regular season. Yeah, I, I know that stat. That's that is really funny. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, it's it's great to, you know, we're gonna have baseball back um Thursday. So that is super fun. Uh a week ago I wasn't sure we would see that anytime soon. So I'm very excited. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So enjoy it, everyone. It's been fun getting back into it, man. Even though it's been chaos, it's it's been really, really cool. And then before you know, I mean, this is like the shortest spring training ever. Before you know True. it, we're going to have regular season baseball. So, yeah, good luck if you're if you're drafting uh, this weekend. I think this would be a year where if you can push your draft as late as possible, you should probably try to do that. But, you know, if, if you're drafting, uh, make sure to use our, our draft guide on NBCSportsEdge.com and Again, we have that promo code you guys can use, which I think is basis 22 So definitely check that out. Um, and yeah, if you like what you're hearing with this show, Circling the Bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Sill. Be safe out there, everyone. We will see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.